Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 863. Try and align your job or your career with your passion. That way, your job will not seem like a job, but it'll seem like something you do for fun. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Peter Nam. Hey, Peter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, and we are going to have fun today. We're talking Porsches. Peter Nam is the founder and CEO of Vorsteiner, a company best known as a global leader in providing advanced and innovative products for high-end luxury vehicles, including Lamborghini and McLaren. Recently, Peter incorporated his 14 years of experience at Vorsteiner to create Gunther Works, a new company that specializes in using modern technology to develop its Porsche 993-400R project. The team at Gunther Works has worked tirelessly to retain the driving experience offered by the original 993 while updating it with the most cutting-edge technology available today. Only 25 examples of the Porsche 993-400R project will be produced. All are hand-built to each customer's specifications, meaning that no two units are identical. And I'll let our listeners know, I had the pleasure of crawling all over this car while I was at Quail this past summer. This thing is spectacular. So, Peter, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your business and an obvious passion for automobiles? Sure, yes. Uh, I've been uh, running Borstanner for the last uh, 14, uh, going on 15 years now. You know, I've always had a uh, passion for Porsches, particularly GT3s. And as a Porsche enthusiast, I've always felt that there wasn't a 993 GT3 equivalent ever made by Porsche. So I thought it was something that was missing in the history of Porsche. And that's how this whole idea started to start the project was to create the ultimate 993 naturally aspirated Porsche that was modeled sort of after a what would you know Porsche call a Porsche GT3 RS. Exactly. Well, the car is really, really cool. And as I mentioned in my introduction, I got to see this thing in person, up close and personal, and it's incredibly well built, very fun. I wanted to jump in that thing and take off down the road when I saw it. <laughs> I'm a huge 993 fan. Well, my listeners know I'm a huge Porsche fan. I've had Porsche 993s and they're just spectacular cars, but to take them to the level that you're taking them and being able to customize them is really a dream come true. And we're going to learn a lot more about this project and about you as we continue on your journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Peter, take the wheel. I feel like um, the key to success is to be able to be authentic and uh, original in the project that you do. So if you don't have that authenticity and that passion for that project, the, uh, the end product will always show that lack of originality and authenticity behind the product. So to me, this project sort of embodies my philosophy on the fact that we have to really believe in what we're building. And if we don't, and if we're just building it for the sake of economics or finances, then the customer will will see right through that. 
Exactly. Well, we're going to talk specifically about the Porsche project, but how do you incorporate that philosophy into the other projects? Let's back up to Vorsteiner and the the products and things you make for cars like Lamborghinis and McLarens. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a background on that company and what they might expect to find if they brought one of those vehicles to you? Yeah, so Vorsteiner is is really very well known for uh, both being a BMW and a uh, Lamborghini tuner. And so what we've done with a vehicle such as the Lamborghini, for instance, is we've taken what is already a beautiful canvas that comes from the factory, and we find ways to enhance and improve what the factory has already done. We don't really want to change it for the sake of changing it. We only want to do things that will improve the car further. What are some of those things that you do? Some of them are actually aerodynamics, mostly. Um, So we would find ways to improve the downforce of the car, especially at higher speeds. For instance, um, our McLaren 570 that we uh, made complete new aerodynamic package that car, we tested it and we really found that after about 120 miles an hour, you actually start feeling the downforce being pushed down onto the car and the steering gets heavier and you start feeling more confidence in the, in the steering of the car. So are your customers using their cars mostly at track events then if they're driving at speeds like that? We do have a lot of customers that actually do take it to the track, and we have customers that go on on rallies, and they take it over 200 miles an hour, and we need to make sure that these cars are performing better than the factory at those speeds. Whoa. That is fast. That is fast. Wow. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and talk about you, Peter. I'd love to hear a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you indeed were a car guy? I think that was when I was five years old and I had a little toy of the Knight Rider. I used to watch Knight Rider when I was young. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So back then, I had told my parents that uh, my dream job is not a policeman or a fireman or a professor or a teacher. My dream job was to be a car designer. Ah, very you know, cool. That's where it started. And that's where it all started was Night Rider Kit, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Peter, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way. What you're doing is fraught with ups and downs. There's challenges. There's economic challenges. There's, I mean, all sorts of things you have to deal with. So take us to one of those points in times that was a bit of a challenge for you. Kind of walk us through it. But then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your business. So about five years into uh, Vorstander, when we uh, had finally established our name and we had started gaining more momentum in in terms of sales and branding, uh, we had really experienced uh, a challenge with production backlog. And we had to double or triple uh, the size of our production output. And because Vorstander is an actual manufacturer of parts, we're not just repackaging something that someone else makes. We develop everything in us ourselves. So Because of the fact that I lacked a production history background, I'm actually a finance major. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of figuring things out, a lot of trial and error to be able to figure out how we could scale the production without hurting the quality and uh, the delivery times of our, of our products. So those were some very challenging years. It was almost at one point we, you know, we were in um, some serious financial trouble. And we managed to just grind through it and 
work through those growing pains. You know, this is an interesting story because last week I had Boyd Coddington Jr. on the show, and he talked about back in the days when his father was still with us, they were producing 200 plus thousand sets of wheels a year. And that growth that they saw in as little as about eight years and trying to overcome the compensate for the warehouse space, the manufacturing space, the people, the machinery, all this kind of stuff was a huge toll. And he said it just about wiped him out. And then eventually it evolved the uh, investors coming in and kicking his dad out of the business and taking it over. So what's one takeaway from that experience? You might help somebody out there, no matter what size their business is, if they're growing really fast, that you might suggest they keep their eye on so that they don't end up losing it all. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people in the automotive business, they, they do take for granted the importance of managing cash flow and finances of the company. That's the backbone of any company, whether it's automotive, fashion, or or even restaurants. So managing cash flow and managing growth has to be done with the, with the finances in mind. The, those are the key drivers. It's not just important to come up with good products and good quality products, but it's important to make sure that your company is financially healthy and um, always checking your cash flow and um, the financial health of your company is absolutely uh, an important ingredient to success. Well, you come from a finance background, so you had the advantage there. A lot of business people don't come from even a business background. So I would say the takeaway here is if you don't have that skill set, include somebody in your business that does that can kind of be looking over, well, not kind of, but can be looking over those numbers and constantly reporting to you how things are going so that you don't get caught short. Does that make sense? That would be absolutely uh, my recommendation is if you can't do it yourself and you're not willing to learn or you don't have time to learn, bring in an expert into your company so that, you know, from day one, you guys have a plan and structure in place as opposed to figuring it out later and trying to clean up what you are already made a mess of. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's way too late and uh, all is lost. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when you realize, ah, this is the path I need to go down. What was your career aha moment? I would say the career aha moment was actually, you know, the early part of this year where we always wanted to build our own car, our own vehicle. And um, I realized that because of our background manufacturing with Vorsteiner, we could actually build 80% of the car in-house already. We already had the capabilities, the experience, and the equipment to be able to do this. So for us, it was a natural transition to start building our own cars. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say maybe 10 years ago, that would have not been the case. But uh, today, we were we were just prepped and ready to go. This was a no-brainer. So that was our big aha moment this year. Very cool. And look what it's led to. Exciting. Well, how about a proudest career moment? I would assume you've had a lot of those, all the different things you've done throughout your career and with Vorsteiner and this new project. Is there one that stands out for you that you would share? Yeah, I would say that uh, when we hit our 10-year anniversary, that was, I think, uh, our big moment where we said, hey, we lasted a decade with this company and we're here to stay. Yes. So that yeah. was the biggest moment. I think so. Yeah. And, and you yeah. know, I always tell people, take a moment to uh, 
enjoy those moments. So many times as we are in business in our lives, we're so busy looking way forward, we don't stop and at least take a breath, maybe pop a bottle of champagne and toast the, the team and say, hey, wow, we did it. We're here. Let's enjoy this moment for a few moments before we uh, get ourselves back to work and put the oars back in the water. So that's tremendous. Well, let's have a little bit of fun. What was your first special car, Peter? And maybe you could share a memory you have about that vehicle. Yeah, my first uh, car, special car was a BMW Z3M Roadster. Ooh, nice. Those are cool. The reason why it was so special to me, it was actually my first BMW M car. Uh-huh. And it also happened to be that the uh, the Z3 back then was featured in James Bond. Yes. With Pierce Brosnan. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are cool little cars. I'm a huge BMW fan. I've had four M3s now, I believe. Yeah, four. I've still got one in my garage today. I love their M cars. I mean, they're just really fun, both on the track and the street. And the uh, the Z3 in the, with the M badging and that power plant made an awesome package, that little car. Yeah, that was a little hot rod back then. Oh, yeah. Stuff, an M3 engine and a Z3. People thought it was crazy, but it uh, it was one of the most exciting cars that driven it. it, it uh, really drove more like a motorcycle than a car. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a small That's car. Top yeah, well, yeah. oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, how about Sellers Remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you wish you had back? I did have one regret. Um, it was uh, selling my uh, E46 M3. I had the first year production of the E46 M3. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I had to sell the car was it was the seed money that actually started Borsteiner. Oh, well, that's yeah. that's a good reason to let something go. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a necessary evil, but it was still, you know, something that uh, is still painful to say. <laughs> well, uh, I wish I still had the car. Yeah, I understand. Well, let's talk about this project, Porsche 993 400R project. Go into depth and let our listeners know all the details about what makes this project so special. Well, this car is near and dear to my heart because. One of the reasons why I decided to build this car, because Vorsteiner, all we do here is make the latest and greatest for the newest cars, Lamborghinis, McLarens, BMWs, and so forth. So we're dealing with 100% modern cars. And I feel like, you know, as I see newer cars, new new vehicles come out of production, cars like the Tesla, cars like even like the, the, the modern day BMWs and Porsches, mm-hmm. we're going into the you know, the revolution of the digital phase where cars are now becoming computers with wheels. And with the shift with, you know, electric cars and self-autonomous cars, the driver is becoming less and less connected to the car. And I feel like uh, the concept of transportation is changing for uh, the younger generation. I have two sons that are five and six years old. And uh, my fear is that when they turn 16 and they're able to drive, they won't need driver's license anymore because the cars will be autonomous. Yes. They won't need to be able to drive the cars. They'll just come and pick them up and take them to school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So these are uh, this project really was a passion for me to revive an analog car and bring it up to modern driving standards so that, uh, you know, a lot of classic cars you look at, people love looking at them in the garage or at Cars and Copy, but... When I talk to these guys, they're like, you know, I drive these, they're, they're great to look at, they're very pretty, but when you drive them, they don't have Bluetooth, the clutch and the power is not really there, and, you know, the steering feel is really not there like a modern car. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a classic car, but have 
some of the modern amenities and enhancing the analog emotional driving feel of the car mm-hmm. with modern technology. Ah. So that my son, when he turns 16 and he drives a manual car, he's, he understands why there's a passion for these analog cars. Very cool. Well, go through the list of all the, we may not have enough time here today, of all the ways that you've enhanced this car to make it very, very special. As I stood and looked at the car while I was at the Quail, the most obvious, of course, are all four corners have been touched. It has very wide wheels, bigger fenders, different front balance, rear balance, a huge wing on the back, interior modifications. I mean, there's a lot of touch points on this car that you have uh, gone through. So kind of walk us through all of those. Yeah, well, the exterior car, we wanted to keep the car as period correct as possible. So it wanted to look like something that came out of Porsche in 1995. So we wanted to keep the classic lines. Mm -hmm. The exterior car is a majority of it is built out of uh, pre-Prague autoclave carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. The only parts that are not made out of carbon fiber is the doors and the uh, mirrors on the doors. Um, the reason why we didn't make the doors in carbon fiber is there is actually a side impact beam built into the door. Okay. And for safety reasons, we decided not to replace that in carbon fiber. But everything from the roof to the bumper, the hood, the fenders, the whole car is lightened to be carbon fiber. I see. Uh, the only sort of exterior hint at which... There's some modern tech on the car is the headlights, where we made the headlights completely out of LED using the latest technology, and the housing's actually made out of 3D-printed aluminum. Ooh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed those were very unique when I was looking at the car. Right, yeah. That's the first time we've actually uh, printed anything in in metal, and uh, it was a good uh, experience for us. We learned a lot. Yeah. The other important thing to note is this car isn't just wider to look prettier. There's an actual functional reason behind it. Uh, We wanted to make the car uh, completely square in terms of its track width. One of the the, uh, flaws of the Porsche 911 is the fact that the track on the rear is wider than the front. Mm -hmm. And what that inherently does is it creates understeer. And the 911s are notorious for, for that. And one of the cars that Porsche fixed that on is the Porsche 959. So our goal was to square up the track as much as possible. And what we ended up with after we widened the car, the front and rear, is the rear track is 63 inches and the front track is also 63 inches. So the car is completely square. Wow. Which is absolutely optimal for driving and handling. Nice. Now, the the rear wing is obviously very notable. This is a big wing on the back of this car, but it's adjustable, right? Yeah, there's uh, three points of adjustment on the wing blade, depending on what track you're at. And uh, we've also incorporated a ram air induction system so that uh, when air flows over the rear fenders and over the roof, uh, it forces air into the engine bay, Mm -hmm. as opposed to the traditional 993 uh, GT2 wing, where it just sort of dissipates heat from the engine bay. Gotcha. Now, as I look through the window of this thing, the interior is completely unique, bespoke, I guess I should say. Lots of carbon fiber, beautiful Alcantara leather, uh, custom steering wheel. I mean, you've touched everything in there. Yeah, there, there hasn't been um, any part of the interior that has been left untouched. We've uh, removed the uh, the rear seats and I put in a carbon fiber uh, rear seat delete with a fire extinguisher in the middle. Mm-hmm. Everything has been done for the purpose of saving weight. So a lot of the sound deadening has been removed. We're using lighter carpeting 
on the inside. It's actually a carpet that's used in the aerospace industry where it's very uh, durable, but also very lightweight. Cool. So, and, and we've used uh, carbon bucket seats. Those alone save about uh, a little over 50 pounds. Nice. And finally, the power plant. What's going on under the rear bonnet? So we have decided to partner up with one of the top Porsche engine builders in the country. They're a company called Rossport Racing. They're actually out of Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And they have custom built a four-liter, 400-horsepower air-cooled uh, engine with uh, 330 pound-feet of torque. Whoa. Uh, it's also mated to like a custom gearbox. So we actually redesigned the gearing to match the torque curves of the engine. Nice. Yeah, you know, you see a lot of uh, modern-day cars, like, for example, the Porsche GT4 has a brilliant setup, a brilliant engine, but the gearing is too tall. Mm, yeah. And it, it's not fun to drive on the street. So we, didn't want, we wanted to make sure that the gearing is perfect for the engine. Very nice. Wow. Well, this thing sounds quite spectacular. And as I mentioned in the opening, you're only building a certain number of units. No two will be the same. So for customers interested, they can contact you and there's uh, all different ways you can customize this car for them. Is that correct? Correct. All the way from the exterior paint to the interior, the leather, the stitching, everything is customizable. Nice. Awesome. Beautiful. It sounds fantastic. And again, having seen one of these things, very, very nicely done to you and the team. Kudos to everybody involved in this project. It's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Here's a very introspective question for you, Peter. If you were a car, what kind of car would Peter be and why? Um, That's an interesting question. <laughs> I, I think yeah. I would be, uh, I would like to think of myself as a Porsche 911 GT3. Mm-hmm mainly because of uh, the efficiency and uh, the, the duality of having reliability, but also um, the German quality control. There you so. go. Perfect. I love it. Well, Peter, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kid spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years 
and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Okay, Peter, we are back and we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? This advice actually came to me two months ago from a friend. And uh, if you ever notice the gasoline uh, logo on your dashboard, yes, there is actually an arrow next to that gasoline logo, <laughs> yes. which indicates which side the gas tank is at. And I always, sometimes I always forget. And I just look at that arrow now and I can tell. You know, it's something that it was started a while back and not all cars have that and whenever i've had a rental car and you're not you know i don't pay attention when i get in it because whatever it is uh usually it's nothing very special and then i have to get gas i'm always thinking uh and those those brands that do that little simple touch doesn't take much are so smart but there's also cars out there that don't have that and it's like god why couldn't you why couldn't you just put that little silly arrow on there? So that's the right. first. That's the first for, for cars, yeah, which is pretty impressive considering 862 people have been on the show before you and nobody's mentioned that little tip. Yeah, I thought that was kind of unique. <laughs> yeah, smart thing to do. Well, hopefully uh, you've got that on your uh, Porsche project. So maybe if you haven't, you might want to talk to your engineers about or your graphics guy about adding that. How about a personal habit that you believe has contributed to your success? I think that, you have to be persistent and really, no matter how hard the challenges are, you have to fight through them. And I think as entrepreneurs, if you don't have persistence, then it's very easy to, to give up when you come through difficult challenges. Yes. You know, I think those uh, persistent tenacity are two of the key ingredients in entrepreneurship for sure, because there are sure a lot of roadblocks that pop up along the way when you're trying to build right. a business or anything for that matter that has value. Now, about a resource, there are a lot of great resources out there today. How about one that you enjoy? I would say a great resource would be business magazines like Wall Street Journal, um, Business Week. I love reading business magazines, ah. and it helps me with macroeconomic decisions uh, that I have to make with my business. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? That person probably would be Jeremy Clarkson. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about him you like so much? I think that he's uh, very, very truthful about his reviews, and uh, he's one of the first reviewers out there that didn't care about whether a car manufacturer was sponsored or not. He didn't really care about the politics. He was just very truthful yeah. about his opinion on his cars, and I really respect that. I think a lot of pe car people do, because so many magazines, car magazines you read, they'll, you know you know that these cars are being provided to these guys and TV shows, and you kind of tell when they're kind of wiggling around oh this is a great car there might be a few things but it's okay <laughs> it's like right. no he just calls a spade a spade exactly i love it now about a book is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy seven habits of six highly successful people oh yeah you know that book is one of my favorites and has been for a long long 
time. In fact, my favorite habit is first listen to understand and speak to be understood. I think it's number five uh, in that book, but um, right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources on Peter's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Peter Nam, N-A-M. You'll find his page there with links to all of these great resources, including this book. There's a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where I've made it really simple for you. All the guest books uh, recommendations are listed there, and all you have to do is click, and it takes you right to Amazon to buy. Make it really easy. Some great, great books listed under Guest Recommended Books. All right, Peter, this is the fun one. We're up to the last question, and it's a real doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Doesn't matter what it costs. Don't worry about that, but I want you to drive it and enjoy it. What would that car be and why? That's an easy question. It's the uh, Porsche Carrera GT. Okay. Well, I kind of thought it might be a Porsche. The Carrera GT. Now, have you had the pleasure of driving one of those? Unfortunately, I have not. Well, I'm going to buy you one, so you're going to have one before long, so don't worry about (laughs) it. You'll get to go and have some fun in that thing. But yeah, the Carrera GT. Now, what is it about that car that you like so much that would make that be the one car you'd want to have in your garage? I love the uh, the design of the car, mm-hmm. first of all. And from a performance perspective, it's probably the last mid-engine V10 engine that Porsche will ever produce that's naturally aspirated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's the last of its kind. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, it's a very, 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 very special car. What color would you like yours to be? I think I would probably get the launch color, which is GT Silver with uh, the terracotta interior. Of course, the classic. Yeah. I think those launch colors that uh, Porsche does their cars in are almost always the best ones, aren't they? They did it for a reason. Of course. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Nice, nice choice, my friend. Well, Peter, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Car Shout listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Porsche Carrera GT? Absolutely. Well, the advice I would like to give is, you know, uh, try and align your job or your career with your passion. That way, your job will not seem like a job, but it'll seem like something you do for fun. Absolutely. And how can our listeners learn more about you and this awesome new project you're working on? Uh, They can go to our website, either www.vorsteiner.com, or they can go on our other website, which is www.vorsteiner.com. GuntherWorks.com, spelled with an S in the end. Awesome. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to these sites and everything Peter shared on his show notes page on the Cars Yow website. Just type Peter Nam into the search bar. That page will pop up with all these links. I would encourage you, if you've not seen this new project that they're working on, the Porsche 993 400R project, check it out. You can just Google that and you'll find all sorts of very nice photographs of that car. But go to the website link there on his show notes page and you'll find out what he's up to awesome awesome experience i understand you're taking one of those cars out to uh the thermal club tomorrow yes we're uh, actually doing some more track testing on the car to shake down the car and get all the suspension dialed down awesome that will be a fun day i wish i could fly over there and join you that sounds like fun well, listeners, you'll find links to everything we shared here today on CarsYeah.com. Peter, thank you for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you for your time and opportunity. You're welcome. 
What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!